Good morning. Welcome to Simply Remarkable, created by Remarkable, a Speakers Bureau. I'm Sue Falcone, your host today, founder and creator and CEO of Remarkable. And why did we do this show? We did this show for you. We love having a live audience out here so you can see and hear how remarkable our guests are and how they can help you be remarkable too. And also, you just never know. You might be looking for a speaker or some talent, and we have it for you right here. Now, today we're excited and our live chat is open. Feel free to put your comments, your questions, shout outs. We'd love to know you're, that you're there. That always helps us out. But we just welcome today. Do you want to learn how to sell different? <laughs> Do you? I hope so, because that's what we're going to learn today. And our guest is the award-winning sales management strategist, keynote speaker, and best-selling author of two great books that we're going to showcase later on. And the one, when salespeople aren't winning deals at the price points they want, executives and business owners always turn to our guest, Lee Salt. Welcome, Lee. We love having you here. Sue, it's a delight to be together again. Are you having a remarkable day? I am. I am. Excellent. Me too. You know, that's great. That's great. And where are you coming to us from? Minneapolis. Whoa. Okay. North Carolina and here we are, <laughs> Minnesota, North Carolina. Different weather. What kind of weather are you having today? Not too bad. We're going to be in the 50s. That's but that won't last. That won't last. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> well, we're waiting on that too. Yeah, we have that kind of little thing going. Now, Lee, this 30 minutes goes by so fast. So just we're just going to jump in, okay? Let's do it. All right. Now, firstly, everyone always asks me this. So I said, this is a question I asked so people can get to know you personally. Okay. Where did you grow up, Lee? And who was the most influential person in your life? Ah, so my accent probably tells you I live in Minneapolis, but I'm not from here. You want to venture a guess, Sue, where I'm from? Um, New Jersey. Very good. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, but my teen years were in New Jersey with an intermediary step in Staten Island. Okay. I always have to be on my toes with Lee because yes. he asked me the questions and I love it. Okay. <laughs> That's right. That's I right. I do. I love this conversation because this isn't an interview. It's mm -hmm. a conversation. And feel free out there for you to jump in anytime with our conversation too. Yes. Okay. So that's where you grew up. And who was your, who was the most influential person in your life? You know, I, I can't pick one. Is it okay if I pick two? Sure. Okay. Well, it'd be my parents. They, yeah. they instilled a solid foundation with me as, you know, from a family perspective, from an education perspective. Um, you know, my dad passed away last year and it's funny. He, one of the things that he always, whenever I was doing something, and if I wasn't doing it with uh, the full gusto, if you will, he'd say, do it right. So 
anything, like something as simple as you know, the toilet paper roll is empty in, in the bathroom. I can just hear in my head, do it right. So I go and take a another roll out of the cabinet, put it on there. Um, <clears throat> and my mother was an educational evaluator in the New York City school system. And she's involved in the editing of all my books. And uh, so the two of them together were the most highly influential for me growing up. That is awesome. That's awesome. And I'm sure you're probably involving your children too. Very much so. See, that's it. I've done a lot of things, Sue, and I have a lot of titles, but nothing better than dad. (laughs) I understand. Mom is the best. Grandma, Grammy is even better. And now we're fixing to be Glammy because I'm fixing to have my first great grandchild. Oh, wow. Congratulations. But hey, we're making this fun. (laughs) To that, my daughter has a puppy. So that's my grand pup. So easing into that space. <laughs> I, I have some of those grand dogs too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, we take them. Okay, we take them. Absolutely. Now, Lee, how did you get involved in the sales world and becoming the expert you are today? How did, what was the draw there for you? Well, my initial plan was not sales. I, it wasn't a plan at all. I evolved into it. So my initial plan was to go to law school. I went to college and that was the game plan. I'm going to law school. And my parents had a family friend. And this is a friend that dates back to when they grew up in Brooklyn. And he was a judge where I lived in Marlboro, New Jersey. So I had a summer job working for him as his bailiff. So uh, I'd, I'd be the one taking the paperwork back and forth. And a lot of people found that funny because that's when night court was, was on and I'd be called bull but story for another day. Um, while I worked in the courtroom, I would talk to the attorneys as they came in, you know, just try and understand their perspective of law school and, and laws of career. Every single one of them said, don't do it, kid. It's miserable. Not some of them, Sue. All of them said, don't do it. (laughs) So I reconsidered my path, and I had fallen in love with the fitness industry. And and in college, I was a full-time student at uh, what was then called SUNY Binghamton in upstate New York. Now it's called Binghamton University. Mm -hmm. And I was also full-time managing a gym. And one of the members of that gym, I got to know him pretty well, was a banker. And as I was graduating, he had just loaned money to a chain of health clubs in Syracuse, New York. He said, Lee, they need you. So my first job out of college, I was the executive director of a chain of health clubs. And I was making $600 a week cash. Don't tell the IRS. (laughs) Um, And come to find out. That's the start and the end of the money in that industry. There's no money there. But I love the fitness industry. So even today, that's still my my big hobby. But Mm -hmm. I really like this sales thing. So I decided to make sales my career and fitness my hobby. Sounds like a winner to me. (laughs) I mean, you know, because you've made it work. And you've made it that you can help so many people in the industry. That's the key here. That's... You know, you're teaching us how to do this. Now, I'm asked this all the time about my own company. 
So I know everyone out there is, is listening about their companies and their businesses. Is the economy hurting the sales market and how do we overcome it? Now, I can tell you, Lee, from my perspective, on my personal thing is we're we're having a banner year. Mm -hmm. And we, we ended with a banner year last year because everything started coming back. And we've done a whole lot of things to make that happen. But I can see the others, though, they're, they're just struggling. They're very struggling. Yeah. So tell us about how that's affecting things. You know, it's funny you bring that up, Sue. My wife texted me earlier. There's a, a piece that I wrote many years ago, and I've written a lot of things since then. And it's still her all uh, her all time favorite. It's called Can't Sell Today. And it's a monthly poem, month by month, of reasons why you can't sell. And I'm a big believer in, in mindset. What you believe is what you become. So whatever obstacle you want to put out there, today you call it the economy. You, you can just come up with a laundry list of reasons why you can't sell. And if you believe it, you are correct. So getting your mind right and saying, you know what? Today's a great day to sell. If you believe that, it'll happen. Okay. All right. That's that's a great place to start, you know, because we know the mind controls everything. Yes, it so does. So here we are, our health and the whole works, you know? Absolutely. So if you're focused on it and, and how you do have to have a little plan there, but I think you know, I think that's where people are at. They've let excuses, mm -hmm. you know, creep in because everybody's telling you those, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like, I'm not going to give up, <laughs> you know? But, but you know something, Sue, so have you ever put the news on and they say the economy is booming, the economy is great. There's always a negative spin that they put out there, right? And companies still, they have budget constraints. I mean, there's always obstacles and top salespeople just don't let those get in the way. Exactly. Exactly. And you got to have some patience sometimes. Yeah. But you know, we're, we're at that. Sue, so I didn't I, go to medical school, so I don't have patience. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Well, um, now I hear you have a new assessment tool for sales leaders. Can you tell us all about it? No. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, it's interesting. It's, I'm not making that up. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because you were just talking to me about the economy and challenges that sales organizations face. And one of my CEO clients says it best. He says, executives and salespeople are often duped. And the reason is, based on the ebb and flow of the economy, they don't recognize that there's business that happens to them and business that they make happen, right? So if things are trucking along, economy's great and everything's just flying in, they get this false sense of security that they fully have optimized their sales organization and everything's wonderful. And then all of a sudden things get a little tighter and they start recognizing, uh, we don't have all the systems in place that, that we need to have. So what you see is companies say, well, why would I invest in sales if everything is so good? Then things start to slip and they go, we don't have money to invest in sales because things aren't good. So 
I built a an assessment tool, and it's not one of the traditional ones that you're used to seeing. Most assessment tools that you see are for salespeople, right? Usually in the hiring process, can you sell? Not what this is. This is a mirror test for executives, sales leaders, presidents, business owners, CEOs. And it answers this question. Have we built the sales organization framework that can produce the results that we want? That's the answer that this is going to give you. How much does it cost, Sue? Nothing. It's free. It's free. This is my way of giving back to the sales community. So there, there is an investment, though, Sue. It's going to take you about 10 minutes to do it. But if you're not willing to invest 10 minutes to complete this, then you really aren't serious about getting the answers to have we built the sales organization framework that can produce the results that we want. So it analyzes the six parts of a sales organization, new client acquisition, account management, sales management, hiring, onboarding, and compensation. And when you, at the end, you get a report and it gives you an overall evaluation as well as an evaluation for each one of those six categories. And not only is it free, I'm offering a free consultation afterwards to review your results so that you can take the actions, take the steps needed to mature your sales organization. Wow. How awesome. Should we tell them where to go to see that? Yes. All right. Lisa, our director, has that right on the line for you here. There you go. Assessmysales.com. Like I said, it'll take you about 10 minutes to get through it. But not only, by the way, will it give you insight, it'll also say, here are some things to do in each one of those six categories to further mature your sales organization. And I'm going to throw in a little caveat to that as well. You take that assessment. And you're going to get something from Remarkable, a speaker's bureau for you as well. Ooh, that's so very nice. we're going to we're going to partner on this one. I love it. I really want you to take it because let me just tell you, I'm going to take it. And uh, I, I encourage everybody because I know that it's going to be some a great learning tool for us. I just know that. And so you've got it. And uh We'll tell you later how you can make sure you can receive this broadcast. So you, if you didn't write it down, you can get it, you know, and get there. But anyway, thank you for that. Thank you Absolutely. for developing and thinking of these things so that we know exactly where we're going. And uh, that that's really great. Now, my next question is, <laughs> it can be all over the board. Okay. Okay. And I, I, and I take a risk by asking it. Because a lot of people say, I either do or I don't. And I said, well, it's here to stay. So we got to decide what's going to be do or don't in it. Now, you got, now you got me intrigued. Well, what are you going to ask me? <laughs> okay. Should I be nervous? Nah, you can oh. handle it. I know you All can. Right. Okay. Okay. What do you see as the impact of AI on sales? And I what's see a, it across the board all over Never heard of it. What is it? Oh, artificial. <laughs> yeah. It's that artificial thing, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Well, AI is not going away. 
<clears throat> so if you're putting your head in the sand and saying, I can just ignore this, it's background noise, it is not going away. It is going to impact every aspect of business. Not negatively. You know, when you say it's going to impact business, everybody starts going, oh my gosh, I'm losing my job. Well, if you're in sales, if you're not providing meaningful value in the interactions that you're having, you should be nervous. If you're not providing that value that helps buyers make informed, educated decisions to understand the right solution for them, yes, you should be nervous. But AI is so helpful for salespeople. For example, one of the ways I use it with my clients is we do something called a decision influencer analysis. These are the various people that are involved in making selection decisions for what you sell. And part of that exercise is understanding their priorities today. What's keeping them up at night? Well, you can go into a chat GPT, for example, and say, what are the main priorities for an operations manager? And guess what? It's going to give you a list of those main priorities. And then you can say, what are the key terms that operations managers are using regarding those topics? And it's going to give you that insight as well. So it's going to help you to better understand the people that you're interacting with. And one of the things that's so important in sales is a very simple measurement here. And that is people like to do business with those that they can describe as they get me. That's the simple measurement. They get me. And if you think about those who you feel that way about, those are people that understand your makeup, understand your challenges, understand what you're trying to accomplish, and use the language that you do. So it's a great opportunity for salespeople. We need to be paying attention to it. Don't fear it. Embrace it. Right. That sounds great advice here. And there's lots of ways to be able to do that. And so that's that's the... The message is that, and like we were talking, um, anything can be used in a bad way, and we only want to yeah. use it in a good way. And that's what we bring is solutions, which are good. <laughs> and that's what you bring. So we can trust what you say. And that's what the old saying is, yeah, they'll do business with you when they trust you, they like you. Uh, you know, so that's that's part of this. That's part of this. So thanks for sharing that so that we're not going to be afraid. We need to to look at it. We need to see what we could do and what how it affects each industry where we're at in the sales process, because we're all in sales when we think about it. <laughs> and uh, also, we want to make sure everyone out there knows, yes. Lee is a wealth of knowledge and he brings value to any organization or any association or any client that he is in front of speaking. So we, we just welcome your calls uh, to see about booking Lee to come to your next event because he's going to bring a lot, a lot of value there to you. Now, Thank you, Sue. Now, Lee, I understand that there are, could be a new book coming. Is that true? Shh, top secret. Top secret. Okay. Yes, book number seven is in the works uh, in partnership with HarperCollins. They'll be publishing the book. It'll be out in October of 2025. It does not have a title yet in the traditional publishing world. They don't set titles until it's much closer to the publication date. But the topic 
is the first meeting, meaning a salesperson, you got the meeting. What are we going to do? How are we going to handle that meeting? What are our strategies? And so this book is dedicated just to that initial meeting, the discovery meeting, if you will. Wow, that's awesome because that's where it starts. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I was working on a chapter yesterday around the power of emotion when selling. Every salesperson on the planet, if they've been in sales for five minutes, has heard that people buy based on emotion and justify their decisions with logic. But if you observe most sales calls, if you watch a thousand sales calls, I'll bet you 999 of them will be just logic-based conversations. Everybody knows it, but they don't incorporate that into their selling approach. And I always scratched my head, Sue. I couldn't figure out why they weren't doing it. And then it dawned on me. No one ever taught them how. How to do that appropriately. Well, I have a methodology for doing that, and that's presented in the new book. There's a chapter dedicated to that subject. Uh, An interesting story, Sue. My favorite TV show of all time, Law and Order, the original. Yeah. And, And they brought it back as a reboot. And I was watching last season, and there was an episode where the prosecutor was very, very frustrated. He felt he had all the facts to win the case, but he could tell he wasn't scoring points with the jury. So he goes to the district attorney and and he says, you know, here's my case and here's how it all lays out. And the district attorney, after hearing this, looks at him and says, the problem with your case is it's all fact, no heart, and the jury isn't buying it. All fact, no heart. Logic, no emotion. And I had to watch that five times. I kept rewinding it. My wife, Sharon, was getting irritated. Why do you keep rewinding it? And it got me thinking, attorneys use emotion in jury trials. Now, I can't use law and order as a source of that. So I interviewed a judge, a prosecutor, a litigator, and a trainer of litigation attorneys about ways attorneys use emotion to affect jury decisions. And it was absolutely fascinating. Uh, One of them shared with me. That when I'm working with a jury, this is what what the prosecutor said to me, when I'm working with a jury, I want to take them from having the ability to convict to having the desire to convict. And if you think about the application in sales, we want to take prospects from having the ability to contract with us to having the desire to contract with us. And how does that happen? Emotional engagement. Um, when I talked to another one of the the folks I interviewed, they talked about the way they handle a witness interview. For example, if they have a firefighter on the stand, said, I'm not going to get into fact-based questions. I want the jury to feel as if they're in that fire with the firefighter. So I'll ask questions like, what did you feel? What did you feel when you entered the building? So that that jury feels what that firefighter experienced going from having the ability to convict to the desire to convict just fascinating conversations. So in that chapter, I lay out the methodology to appropriately use emotional engagement when selling. That's amazing. I love it. I love it because you're right. It is. Yeah. You've got to have that with it, you know? Absolutely. um, That's that's, Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, before we leave, real quick, 
Okay. Can you tell me one top sales strategy tip that for today that you could give us to just one sales tip? I know that's hard. Okay. Oh, I'll give you one. There's one that I've been working with clients to implement, and it's around prospecting. And I refer to it as my unknowingly strategy. And it ties into the emotional piece that we were just talking about. When we make decisions, we believe we make educated, informed decisions. It may not have been the Taj Mahal or the most perfect solution, but we feel we made an informed, educated decision on anything we do with our lives, whenever we make that decision. So one of the things that I found with a lot of organizations is that they know more about the world of potential solutions in their industry than the people that they sell to. As a matter of fact, I've never had a salesperson say to me, the people I sell to know much more about the world of potential solutions in my industry. They have a greater expertise. So the way that we disrupt the complacency because they feel like they've made an informed decision is by introducing that word unknowingly into the prospecting strategy. For example, I have a client, they're in the property tax space, uh, specifically for a commercial. And one of the things that they've found is that most businesses are unknowingly overpaying property taxes. So as their prospecting strategy, it's a subject line in an email, it's part of the context of a voicemail that they leave, is positioning the unknowingly step that they're doing. See, when someone says to you that you're unknowingly overpaying taxes, as an example, you kind of do the old uh, Labrador thing. You kind of tilt your head going, huh? What did they say? I want to know. What am I doing wrong? That's kind of the inference. I'm doing something wrong. Therefore, they want to have a conversation. They want to engage with you. Works extremely well. Wonderful. Now, last closing for you today is okay. what are you going to do today to be remarkable? What am I going to do today? Well, the next thing I'm going to do is go to the gym, get my workout in, because I've got to be prepared to take the state title in 2024. All right. All right. And I had and it two then, years ago. I came in second last year. That doesn't happen again. I'm going to go take that back. Okay. And what specific do you do? The bench press. All right. All right. So we'll be thinking about you while you're working out and you're going to win that title next year. Thank you. And we just thank you so much. For Absolutely. Being with us today. It's a pleasure. So much. It's just been crazy. This is awesome. I love it. And to our audience here, we want the challenge to go to you. What are you going to do today to be remarkable? Please let us know either in the chat or give us a comment later, because we want to know, did we impact you today? Did we, instill you to do something maybe that you weren't planning on doing that will make you remarkable? We hope so. That's, and again, thank you for joining us, Lee and everyone. Thank you. We hope you will join us right back here next Friday, uh, the 17th of November. November's flying by when our featured guest will be an award-winning world-class customer and employee experience keynote speaker and best-selling author of Thanks for Coming In Today. And he's ranked number four of the top 30, in the top 30 hospitality speakers in the world by Global Gurus. 
we will have Charles Ryan Minton here next week for you. So you'll want to come back and hear all he has to say about the hospitality interest and customer service and employee experience. Again, thank you, Lee, for coming. And also, we want to remind you to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel because it's every video is there of our shows, as well as all the videos of all the talent that we represent here at Remarkable. So you can see how great they are before you book them. And also, we want to remind you, we've set one of our goals uh, Lee, to become the virtual bureau of the world because we do virtual well. I love Lee virtual. Does virtual well. Love and, virtual. Right. And we do too. And so if you need virtual, in person, whatever, our tagline is we book outside the box so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so we can, we can handle any requests for you. And we just hope that you have a remarkable fall weekend, even though it looks like it's going to be cheerily. And this is a happy, fierce Friday. So we want you to go and finish strong in your sales. To, you've got the tips to do it today. And we will see you back here next Friday. Thanks again, Lee. We appreciate you Thank so you, much. Stu.